Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. One more mile, one more lap. White flag is in the air. William Byron's going to lead him back to one. He has busted out of the box, through the dogleg, into turn one. Has a car length and a half over Ryan Blaney. Kyle Larson is at Blaney's right elbow. And around the outside comes Tyler Reddick. But it's William Byron leading the field off turn two. Off turn two for the final time. It's William Byron by two. Car lengths over Ryan Blaney. Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, and Kevin Harvick. Here they come up off turn four. Checkered flag is in the air. And William Byron is going to win the United Rentals Work United 500 at Phoenix. Great day for us. You know, we weren't we weren't the best car at times, but we were really good there at the beginning, and uh, it was nice to see it kind of come back our way. So, definitely a top four car, and uh, Rudy made a great decision there, a great pit stop, and just execution, man. That's what we've been good at. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we migrate back east after spending the last three weeks out west. We were with the NASCAR Cup Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series at Phoenix over the weekend. And we're getting ready to head to the Atlanta Motor Speedway in Georgia this weekend. Alex Bowman is going to stop by. He's going to talk about that West Coast swing that we mentioned just a moment ago. Daniel Suarez is going to breeze through as well. We'll discuss his start to the 2000. 2023 season. We're also going to preview this weekend's action in Atlanta and also check in with Georgia native Corey Heim. He's going to join us for a chat about how he got his first win of his truck series career in the ATL and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest in NASCAR headlines. Kyle? Mike, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson will be back behind the steering wheel in the upcoming weeks. Starting with the Circuit of the Americas next week, Johnson will compete in that event as well as the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte. Legacy Motor Club also announced that Club Wyndham will be primary sponsor for both entries. Two more racing legends will be joining Johnson at CODA. Formula One all-time great Jensen Button will pilot the number 15 for Rick Ware Racing. Over the weekend, Button described where his passion and desire to compete in NASCAR originated. So you're going to like this. It was actually Days of Thunder that, first of all, brought me to NASCAR. <laughs> because it's the first time I got to see any NASCAR. It was a movie, so you know, as an eight-year-old, I thought it was insane. I thought it was amazing. 
worlds away from from European motorsport. But that kind of got me in the door of liking NASCAR, and I used to watch it with my old man. This is one of three scheduled events Button will drive in for RWR this season. Trackhouse Racing made a splash of their own. The team confirmed that Kimi Raikkonen will be back behind the wheel of the Project 91 car for next weekend's action in Austin. Raikkonen made his debut for Trackhouse last season at Watkins Glen. And Talladega Super Speedway has announced that country music star Cole Swindell will headline the Saturday night infield concert ahead of the Geico 500. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll recap all the action from Phoenix with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks. And later, we'll catch up with Alex Bowman. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Once again, Phoenix Raceway provided us with another great weekend of racing and another exciting finish. William Byron, for the second straight week, had a caution come out at the most opportune time for him, and that allowed him to capture his second consecutive win in the NASCAR Cup Series. Let's relive all the action as we head back to Phoenix with the NASCAR Live Backtracks. Sold out crowd here, and they are on their feet, anticipating the green flag race four of 2023 and the 2021 winner, Kyle Larson, on the hammer. He'll lead the field of the green flag, and it's in the air, and we are underway. Byron looking for the stage win. He's in turn three. He's looking for his third stage win already of the season, and he will get it across the line. Comes William Byron. Green and white checkered flag is waving and waiting for him on lap number 60, William Byron. Byron scoring the stage one win in front of his teammate, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin go 3-4, Tyler Reddick fifth, Ryan Blaney sixth, Ross Chastain seventh, Kevin Harvick up to eighth, Brad Kozlowski ninth, and Kyle Busch completes the top ten. 60 down, William Byron dominating early. Back at Phoenix Raceway, just wrapping up a round of green flag pit stops. Good stops, but not great on pit road for four drivers. They were busted for speeding, doing pass-through penalties. They are Michael McDowell, Eric Jones, Austin Sendrick, and Kyle Busch. Wow. Fresh tar- Oh, problem right here, just past the start-finish line. Eric Almarola, the wheel has come off the race car, and that steel wheel is going to bounce off the inside, safer barrier, and begin to work its way back up the racing surface. So debris on the racetrack for Eric Almarola's race car, just past the start-finish line. Still 10 car lengths back to William Byron in second for race leader Kyle Larson. His first stage win of 2023, his 43rd in his career. Kyle Larson across the line. Green and white checkered flag is out on lap 185. Kyle Larson scoring the stage two win over his teammate William Byron, who was second. Kevin Harvick third. Brad Keselowski fourth. And Tyler Reddick fifth. Now we see the yellow flag fly over the field. The rest of the top ten all scoring points. Denny Hamlin sixth. Christopher Bell seventh. Ryan Blaney eighth. Ross Chastain ninth. Chase Briscoe, 10th. Kyle Larson winning stage number two 
here at Phoenix. Back to the Geico restart zone. The Chevrolet of Larson on the inside of the front row. The Ford of Harvick on the outside. Green flag goes back in the air, and we're at it again. Larson nearly gets sideways as they cut the corner. Looked like an even Steven start at the stripe, but it's Larson who has a hood out in front. William Byron goes to the bottom, almost made it three wide. Kevin Harvick right there as well. About four wide mid-pack, deeper in the field, just inside of the top ten with Josh Berry right in the middle of it all, but by the time they get to turn number three at the front, it's Barry's teammate and Kyle Larson showing the way. Then it's Kevin Harvick, then it's William Byron side by side. Brad Keselowski and welcome back to the top five, Christopher Bell. Great fight for that fourth position. Brad Keselowski will be high to his left elbow. It'll be Christopher Bell. They're still side by side. Making a run on the outside is Denny Hamlin against Tyler Reddick. Keselowski is going to win that battle in the outside lane off of turn number two on Bell. And in fact, Christopher Bell may lose another spot here to his teammate in Denny Hamlin topside for fifth. Hamlin slips, though, in the middle of turns three and four. Christopher Bell will get away with that position. So it's Larson leading. Kevin Harvick second. Third is now up for grab. Just a moment ago, you heard Steve Post describe the pit stop for Kyle Larson and his team, and it was lightning quick. He exited pit road, pulled right up the racetrack, up to speed in front of Kevin Harvick. He is now in front of Harvick by about two car lengths. That is it as they race right now. Everybody has not come to pit lane as of yet. Larson is being scored second. Harvick is being scored third. Eric Jones is currently the race leader. He is the last car on this sequence that's yet to make a pit stop as Larson and Harvick, Jeff Striegel, make their way down the backstretch and into turn three. Well, they're bumper to bumper now for the first time all afternoon. Chevrolet out front. Ford goes second. Kyle Larson for the first time today. Dan's got a little bit of company. Boy, Harvick dials up the low lane. They're side by side for the lead. Kevin Harvick going after the lead here in Phoenix. Harvick keeps it on the high side, does not use the dog leg. Into turn one they come, side by side and wheel to wheel. Harvick uses a little bit of the apron. He's got a hood out in front, a door panel in front. Kevin Harvick is your new leader at Phoenix. Yeah, knew it was only a matter of time before he was able to reel Larson in and make a move. And when he did and made it look easy, Harvick goes to the front of the field. For the first time today, and now the Harvick faithful at Phoenix Raceway are standing and saluting as as this sold-out crowd watches a great race for the lead headed to one. Harvick tries to build up a little bit of a cushion, maybe two carlings. That goes away in a hurry as they enter into turn one. It's Harvick down low, and it's Kyle Larson up high. They exit off turn two. So Kevin Harvick has taken over the dominating lead that Kyle Larson had. Not anymore. Larson now finding himself in the, I guess I got to go harder category to reclaim the top spot. This is something that does not surprise you one bit, Todd Gordon. Nope, not at all. This is classic Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, putting it on late in a run and just hanging around all day long. They've done a great job. Trouble right here in the dogleg. Harrison Burton goes for a spin. Caution is on the speedway with 11 laps to go. Make it 10 now as Harvick comes by the start-finish line. Harrison Burton spins just past the start-finish line, corrects the race car after doing a 360 in a big cloud of smoke in front of oncoming traffic, and we've got a whole new ball game with 10 laps to go. Kyle Larson is in. Cliff Daniels asked him, what can I give you? Kyle said a short run. He's going to get that short run. Right side tires only for Larson. Right side tires. Larson wins the battle off the road. It was right sides only for William Byron. He goes out second. Ryan Blaney goes out third. 
Man, oh man, Kevin Harvick way down the list there. Right side tires for Larson, right side tires for William Byron. Put them out first and second. Well, there it is. Decisions made on pit road by crew chiefs. Crew chief. Yeah, yeah. I, I wondered if that one would come with only a second of fall off and knowing you're only going to have probably four to five laps. I'd say four laps to go. Aggressive call by several, but we'll see what Kevin can do on four. Kevin Harvick electing to change four tires comes off in position number seven. Here come the field into turn number three. Three to go here in Phoenix on the inside Larson on the outside Byron. Right behind them is Blaney and Chastain. Green flag goes back in the air immediately to the apron. Goes Ryan Blaney going after Kyle Larson. They're three wide. Tried to draw up alongside Kyle Larson. Blaney did, and it did not work. Larson leads the field into turn one. Couple of cars getting too hot. Slap the wall, but it's Kyle Larson down the back straightaway. Here comes Ryan Blaney. Trouble in turn two. It's A.J. Allmendinger. He slides to a sideways stop right at the exit of turn two. And we're going to have to re-rack him and do this again. It looked like AJ got tagged from behind, slid sideways. He has grabbed the gear and continued. We are headed to overtime here at Phoenix Raceway. Watching Larson. He's on the gas early on. He and Byron lean on one another. Blaney's on the back bumper. Green flag in the air. Overtime is underway. Good restart for Kyle Larson. Everybody dives into the dog leg and then dives back out. Kyle Larson has a nose out in front, but not by much over his teammate William Byron. Two Car breakaway up at the front, absolutely side by side for the lead. Side by side for the top spot, Kevin Harvick, four wide further back, three wide at the front of the field. It's Byron into turn three, Blaney to the inside of Larson and Reddick for second. One more mile, one more lap, white flag is in the air, William Byron's going to lead him back to one. He has busted out of the box, through the dogleg, into turn one, has a car length and a half over Ryan Blaney. Kyle Larson in that Blaney's right elbow, and around the outside comes Tyler Reddick. But it's William Byron leading the field off turn two. Off turn two for the final time. It's William Byron by two. Car lengths over Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, and Kevin Harvick. Here they come up off turn four. Checkered flag is in the air. And William Byron is going to win the United Rentals Work United 500 at Phoenix. William Byron goes back-to-back wins in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2023. And an overtime win. Ryan Blaney will finish second. Tyler Reddick goes third, Kyle Larson fourth, and Kevin Harvick rounds out the top five. Great finish, great run for William Byron towards the end of this overtime. Coming up, Jason Toy sits down with Alex Bowman to discuss the West Coast swing, and later we'll visit with Daniel Suarez. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Alex Bowman is the only driver to capture a top 10 finish in all four of his Cup Series starts in 2023. Jason Toy sat down with the current points leader to discuss what he and his team have been doing and how they've been performing at such an elite level. 
Joining us now is the driver of the Ally Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports, Alex Bowman. And Alex, I'll tell you what, uh, you got a good looking race car this year. I can tell you, I love that paint scheme you got going on there. And at least for the first half of this season, things been looking pretty good for you guys. Uh, thank you. It's uh, it's been a good start to the year. Obviously, it's uh, it's early and a lot can happen. But um, you know, we've had a, a great looking race car and, and a super fast race car as well, and, and definitely had a lot of success right off the bat. So, looking forward to uh, to trying to continue that on. You know, you had a, a change for you going into this season with Greg Ives to taking a different role in Hendrick Motorsports. So you're kind of working with a new crew this year. How's that working out? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, getting to know Blake over the off season was fun. Um, spent a lot of time together at Chili Bowl and, and we definitely have a lot of common interests. So um, that's been really cool. And, and obviously, you know, when you have a good start to the year and, and everything's going well, everything's fine and everything's perfect. So um, yeah, it's, it's obviously been really good so far and hopefully that continues. What, is, what does Blake bring to the table for, for you not only as a driver but as a team i mean i think he's just all in like he is super dedicated works super hard um and he's, he's all in on every little detail every part and piece and, and anything that he can push and, and like push me towards he's he's um he's definitely a person that pushes me so it's been fun and um yeah i i, I really enjoy working with him i think he's fit the team really well the team was all really excited to work with him so uh it's been really good all right we get ready to roll into atlanta and then looking ahead at some other races too with atlanta this track obviously runs a whole lot different than what the old atlanta used to how does it how do you approach this weekend yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, I it's I would assume it's going to be slicker than it has been in last year, uh, just with the asphalt kind of aging a little bit and um, and not being so fresh. So it'll be interesting to see what the grip level is like when we get there. Um, you know, trying to figure that out in a hurry and, and guess right because we just got to go qualify. So um, it, it'll be interesting for sure. You know, it's a speedway race, but at the same time, it's it's way more handling than Daytona or Talladega. So um, crew chief wants it to uh, to be super aerodynamic and not have any drag. I want it to drive really well. So um, it'll be interesting to see which one of us wins when we get there. What about down the road when you looked uh, at the first road course, you guys go to Coda, they're at Circuit of the Americas and, and Austin, and it's a track. I know you like running road courses. You do very well at them. You ran the truck race there, too, very well. What uh, what do you anticipate? And of course, you're going to have a new teammate, too, and, uh, and Jordan Taylor is going to be jumping behind the wheel of the nine car. He brings a lot of experience to that track. Can he help you any more at that track than what you've already done? Yeah, I think Jordan Taylor is going to kick all our butts is probably what's going to happen with all the the uh, garage 56 testing and all that that he's got I'm like man he's got he's got more time in one of these than i do at this point but um yeah it's gonna be really really cool to see him you know obviously we're all thinking about chase and, and want him to come back as soon as he can but um yeah jordan is going to kick all of our butts i feel like but um we finished second there last year you know had a shot at winning it kind of got run over there with, with two corners to go but um yeah i'm excited to get back there uh a lot has changed like that was our first road course with the next gen car and um i think a lot of people guessed wrong at, at what they needed and we guessed right and i think i had a really really good race car so um just gotta you know go there and, and have a good solid day um 
I haven't won a road course yet. I really want to win a road course. So hopefully we can make that happen. But uh, yeah, just got to go keep being solid each and every week. Talk about Chase and, you know, all of us continue to hope and get him to heal back up and get him back behind the wheel of a race car. And obviously he was doing something that he loves away from the sport of NASCAR. You drive sprint cars. I know that you got done running down in Florida for a good handful of weeks during speed weeks. Is there a line there on things? But because I, I got to think you got to live a life. You got to have, have something beyond what you're doing every every weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think that's tough, right? Like the cup deal. Um, we're all super privileged to drive race cars for a living at this level, and and obviously super privileged to drive for a team like Hendrick Motorsports. But at the same time, this deal will eat you alive. Like it is so stressful. Everything you do, you have. I mean, millions of people watching, right, on TV. Like, you make a mistake, everybody sees it. There is so much stress and pressure in this environment. Um, you know, obviously what we're doing at the end of the day is, is entertainment, but when your name is attached to it and everything you do gets so picked apart, I think you have to do things that are stress relievers or go live your life and, and do stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I think you gotta be smart about it, but, um, for Chase, snowboarding is like a no-brainer, something that he's he's done so much. He's super good at it. If I was snowboarding, I would just be tumbling down the mountain the whole time. Um, and my friends would be like, wow, that was a bad decision. But, um, you know, for him, he's, he's good at it. He does it all the time. And, um, you know, I think Kyle Larson was skiing this week. So, like, it's... Um, you know, every, everybody's got to go live their life. That's that's just part of it. And it's just unfortunate that something happened to them. Um, but, you know, something can happen walking down the road. Something can happen while you're training. Um, the first week of the off season last year, I get done healing up from a concussion, go run Phoenix, get back in the gym, ready to train really hard. And I hurt my back the first day back in the gym and couldn't train for a couple weeks. So, um, I mean, stuff happens, you know, if that would have been in the season, it would have been really, really bad for me. And literally all I was doing was training. So um, stuff can happen in a lot of different ways. All right, A.B., before we let you go here, uh, got to ask you, too, when you talk about for Alex Bowman now, driver of the Ally Chevrolet, driving for one of the best race teams that there is in NASCAR history-wise and currently, you go back a handful of years, you racing, trying to find rides that you had it, you had to go out and secure enough support and sponsor support for you to be able to go racing. How nice is it now not knowing that you don't have to go out and hit the trail trying to find somebody to put you in a race car? Yeah, that, that seemed like my whole life until I got to Hendrick Motorsports was trying to meet people that, you know, had an in with a company or, or work, you know, high up in, in a company that wanted to, to sponsor a race car to try to get my foot in the door somewhere because that was really the only way to do it, right? Like, um, the first the first question anybody asks when you're trying to get a ride is how much money do you have behind you? So, um, for me, that, that ran out very quickly in, in my childhood and um, became, you know, trying to, to scrounge up stuff elsewhere. So it's, um, 
it's a dream come true to be driving for Hendrick Motorsports and uh, to work with Ally. You know, I think we're the only only car um, with the same sponsor every week for throughout the whole year uh, anymore. So that means a lot to me uh, to be signed signed up here for as long as I am and have Ally signed up here for as long as they are. Have Ally supporting the Sprint Car Program. It's uh, it's really cool. It's been a lot of fun and um, just got to go win a bunch of races and chase some championships now. All right, one last thing you talk about winning races. You got an opportunity announced uh, about a week or so ago. You're going to drive the Xfinity Series, driving for the boss uh, in the Xfinity Series. Watkins Glen, what do you think about going there? Yeah, I would say it's my weakest road course, which for me is surprising because it's self-explanatory and straightforward and probably the highest grip road course we go to. But I struggle there. Like, I I struggle to make speed. Um struggle to really know what I need and, and just haven't had a good day there. So I'm like, Hey, if I'm going to run an Xfinity car and try to get better somewhere, that's where I need to do it. So, um, looking forward to getting there. And, and I think we're going to have a, a really strong run. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll chat with Daniel Suarez about the rise of track house racing. And later we'll preview all this weekend's racing action in Atlanta. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. So glad you are with us, my friends. You know, Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse Racing have started the 2023 season setting high expectations based on their performance from last year. In four starts this season, the team has finished outside the top 10 only once. We're also creeping up to our first road course race of the season, which is his type of circuit. Daniel Suarez found his footing a year ago at the Sonoma Raceway, and he looks to capitalize on that and more this year. Kyle Ricky caught up with the driver to discuss what has allowed him to have so much success with Trackhouse. I feel like I've known you for forever. You know, uh, late models, K&N East, NASCAR Mexico, Truck Xfinity Cup, year Plus now into this new deal, is this, I don't want to say the most happiest, but the most comfortable you've been in your career? By a lot, by a mile. I feel like the reason of that is just because Trahouse has put a lot of trust on me since they won. And, and I'm not saying that other teams didn't. It's just they Trahouse has done it in a different level. And... You know, it has shown on track, um, and and it's a lot of fun to race like that. I feel like I feel like that's what people see, you know, from the outside. You know, pretty often people come to me and say, "Man, you guys are are different. Like it looks different from the outside." And and I'm happy that some people can see that, and I'm happy that the results are also showing some of that because we are definitely, I'm definitely, you know, um, very very happy in Spa bunch of top tens so far in the opening events this season elaborate on what you just said about what is clicking thus far here in year two well i think that it's a lot of different things i think there is there is a big advantage of you know taking one team and making it better for the following year 
and I've been able to, to do that this year. And actually, from 2022 for 23, it was actually the first time in my career that I was able to do that, you know, to take a good team and to make it even better for next year. And uh, and I was able to do that with Travis Mack and, and, and everyone in the 99 group. And and we're, we're just very happy where we are. My pit crew is doing an amazing job. We have had our ups and downs, uh, but the speed is, is pretty incredible, the speed that they have. So... I'm very happy where we are with that. I think the potential is very, very high. And um, and when you have people like that in your team and, and everyone has, you know, uh, we, we all have our, our backs, it feels good. You know, it feels good to go out there and, and do what we love. Going to the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, our first road course event of the season. First of several on the schedule again this year. Um, first off, just in general, what makes you such a good road racer after getting that win in Sonoma last year? And you've run well on, on road courses. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think there is always room for improvement, right? Uh, and I, I always I always try to be better. Um, I think that just my background is go-karts. So I think that that helps me. You know, I, I didn't grow up racing ovals. I actually grew up racing go-karts. I feel like I love ovals now. You know, that's actually my, my main passion. But road course just comes very natural to me. And, um, and yeah, I'm very, very excited to, to come back to Cota. Um, you know, last last year, we we show a lot of speed in Cota. We dominated the first stage. And, uh, and unfortunately, things didn't work out for us. Uh, but um, but I'm very, very excited to come back and, and, uh, and, and try to get it done this time. Yeah, but the team found success there with Ross. I mean, so to elaborate on that, what makes this team so good on road courses? I think like, it's, the, it's the people, you know. It's not, it's not just the drivers, I can tell you that. You know, it's, it's the people in general. You know, we have good engineers, good mechanics. We have uh, very good pit crews. Um, and it's just the people, you know. We have good people. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that we are just good in road courses. I feel like we are just good everywhere. And... Uh, and yeah, road course happens to be, you know, one of the first races that we we, we we show that we're good. And we, you know, Ross won his race, his first race there. I won my first race there. Uh, but uh, but I, I just feel like, you know, we, we put a lot of work in it uh, as a team, not just us as a driver, but the whole team. So, uh, and, and, and it shows. What are some of the challenges of getting around the circuit of the Americas? Well, it's a racetrack that... You know, you have a little bit of everything. You have fast corners. You have very, very technical parts of the corners. Uh, you have elevation elevation changes. You have a little bit of everything. Some corners are in, they have like off-camber corners. You have a little bit of everything. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how we can attack Kota for, for, for the second year in the next gen car. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very excited to come back to Kota. Um, it's one of those races that, I'm kind of like anger, you know, to, to go back just just because I felt that I felt like I had one of the best cars, if not the best car, last time there, um, and uh, I'm, and I'm really very really excited to come back. Still in the first 25 percent of the season, 20 percent of the season, are you where you hoped this team would be here still early in this season? Yes, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm happy where we're at. Uh, Am I satisfied? No, but I'm happy. There is always room for improvement, but I think that we're getting there. You know, I'm I'm happy where we're at, um, uh, and I think that we're going to continue to be better. 
Is the driver ever satisfied? No, that we, we, we are winning every race. But but yeah, that's part of it. You know, if you, the, here's the thing: is that if you are satisfied, if you are comfortable, uh, you are not working hard enough, and you eventually people's gonna catch up. So um, I try to to stay hungry. I try to 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 be happy. You know, to to enjoy the little victories, um, but also realize that there is another 38 guys out there that are working very very hard to trying to be the best. Uh, and we are so we're, we're doing the same thing thanks for the time best of luck this weekend thank you buddy appreciate you thank you kyle coming up we'll preview this weekend's action in atlanta and later we'll sit down with truck series driver Corey heim to discuss winning in his home state one year ago this is nascar live now back to mike bagley Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Last spring, we witnessed the debut of the new Atlanta Motor Speedway. The change in configuration has led to a new style of racing in the ATL. It has that super speedway feel to it, like it does at Daytona and Talladega. We also had a record-smashing amount of lead changes in the event, which led to a wild finish. Will this weekend's event give us a similar feel? Here's Kyle Rickey with more. After three weeks of a grueling West Coast swing, NASCAR teams will now return to the friendly confines of the Southeast. Instead of driving cross-country, the haulers will be headed about four hours south of the race shops to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Entering this race last year, there were so many unknowns after the Speedway had undergone a reconfiguration aimed at making the racing there more like a super speedway. William Byron was the first to master the new Atlanta, leading the most laps and winning the race there a year ago. Now Byron heads back to AMS, having won back-to-back races at Las Vegas and Phoenix. He is sure to be amongst the favorite again this weekend, but says that even with his win at Atlanta last year, he feels he has work to do as a speedway racer. Yeah, I think um, I think I'm getting there. I think I've had my moments for sure. Um, a little bit disappointed last year and kind of my progression as a speedway racer. So I got to go back and watch some of the races and kind of figure out what I'm doing right or wrong. Um, you know, I definitely think that last year we had our moments on super speedways. Atlanta uh, was a, a really good run for us led the most laps but um, some of the races towards the end of the year weren't as good so just trying to figure out what that is and um, what is it that I need to do differently to to be successful. For the third straight week Byron will have Josh Berry as a teammate as Chase Elliott continues to recover from a leg injury. After a rough debut at Vegas in the nine car, Barry showed great improvement and scored a top 10 finish in Phoenix. For the Hendersonville, Tennessee driver, his stint in the nine car isn't about expectations, but learning as much about the next gen race car as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from my side of things, it's, you know, it's hard to set expectations. You know, we've seen this next gen be a challenge for everybody, you know, everybody in the industry adapting to that. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to control two things, and that's my attitude and my effort towards this and and staying positive and working hard and working with this group doing doing everything i can to 
to be prepared and, and to work with these guys and and work with Chase and, and everybody back at the shop to just you know try to continue to get better. I mean, it's just one lap at a time, and uh, I think if we keep doing that, we'll be able to get some solid finishes. Another driver who scored a top ten finish at the Phoenix Raceway is Chase Briscoe. It was a welcome change to the struggles that Stuart Haas Racing driver has faced in the opening three weeks of 2023. Briscoe's focus now turns to Atlanta and a track he calls the most mentally challenging on the schedule. The Atlanta race now is probably the most mentally challenging race we have all year long. You know, it's just, it's it's hard because things happen so fast, runs develop so fast. You know, your spotter is telling you things that you have to process so fast. Um, you know, when we go to Daytona and Talladega, you know, the runs take a little bit of time to develop and you kind of anticipate them where at Atlanta, I mean, everything happens three, four times as fast as it does at Daytona or Talladega from a reaction standpoint. So that's the one race I feel, or two races every year. I just feel like I'm completely mentally drained at the end of them. While many consider this version of the Atlanta Motor Speedway to be the third super speedway on the schedule, the track being a mile shorter than Daytona and Talladega does mean the racing has its differences. Michael McDowell says he puts Atlanta in its own category. I think it's definitely its own thing. Both the races there have not been what I would call a traditional super speedway feel and approach. It's more that direction, but I, I don't feel, I feel like it's pretty unique to, to what it is and how you race it and how you approach it and even car builds and specs and stuff like that. So um, I feel like it's still pretty unique and, um, but I enjoyed it. Everybody would love to keep the old Atlanta and, and I'm in that camp as well, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about there being a different style of of racetrack and racing, you know, it kind of gets us outside of our box a little bit. Briscoe tends to agree with McDowell on the sentiment that the track is a bit of a hybrid and elaborates on the specific areas that make the track differ from the traditional super speedway racing. But it's kind of a hybrid, you know, it uh, is a super speedway race, but at the same time, it's not like it's just easily wide open like a Daytona or Talladega is. There's, there's a little bit of balance in there, uh, especially in the turn three. I mean, it's almost impossible if you're not in the lead to run wide open. So it's a unique race, unlike anything else we have, just because you have so many different variables and um, so many different things that go into that race. But yeah, it's an open opportunity. You know, before you always had, you know, the Daytona Talladega is for one of the guys to, to take a playoff spot that normally would be up there. And now you have two more opportunities with Atlanta. So uh, I'm sure the race will be very chaotic just for that reason. You have a lot of guys that are up front knowing that and um, will be pretty desperate. So it uh, is always going to be a fun one to watch for sure when we go to Atlanta. As Chase Briscoe said, even though Atlanta differs from Daytona and Talladega, it's still an opportunity race where anyone can win. One thing is for sure, whoever gets the victory lane on Sunday will have to go through Henrik Motorsports as HMS won both Atlanta races in 2022 on top of Byron's dominance in recent weeks. We'll find out who will challenge the Henrik reign of dominance on Sunday afternoon in the Ambetter Health 400. That Atlanta preview was brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, Corey High will join us to discuss the one-year anniversary of his first win in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. And later, we'll cap this week's show by going back in time with another MRN flashback. This is NASCAR Live. 
Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. A year ago, Corey Heim not only earned his first career NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series win, but he did it at his home track. Our Jason Toy sat down with the driver to discuss his return to AMS. Let's talk about the transition first when we talk about this race this weekend, but the transition going from Kyle Busch Motorsports to staying with Toyota, going over to David Gilliland as they changed over from Ford to Toyota. And you guys have had some pretty good results so far this season. I know you're looking for that first win, but how's that transition been? Yeah, so far it's been great. You know, we're two races in and I feel like we've already made a lot of progress. Um, of course, being with KBM last year, had a lot of success. And as you mentioned, we got the one in the Land Motor Speedway. So um, it should be really interesting to see how my equipment lines up. I feel like um, just being paired up with Scott Zibidelli and this whole crew on the 11 team um, has been nothing but great to me. I mean, um, David Gilliland and Kevin Ray, um, Johnny Gray, everybody that's uh, really put a lot of effort into this organization has um, really just put me in a great position to succeed. And I think that really goes company wide as well. Uh, we've got five really good trucks on a weekly basis. And I feel like we're plugging away at really just improving them on a, on a weekly basis. And I think Atlanta is going to be a big step for us. Yeah, I know it was a big transition for them. Of course, Tricon Garage is what the, they go by now. With Dave, it used to be David Gilliland Racing, but Tricon Garage. And that they had to do a lot of work to make that transition pretty quick to go from those Fords over to the Toyotas, didn't they? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they've got a lot of people working here, a lot more than I really expected when I first came here. And, um, you know, they do pretty much everything in-house. I mean, we hang bodies in-house with the engine dyno in-house and, of course, uh, set everything up and pull it down in-house as well. So, um, you know, it's really interesting to see how that all works. It's a very similar atmosphere to what I'm used to. Um, a lot of people working very closely with each other and a very tight-knit organization. Um, and I feel like that's a really big key to success within a truck team, especially. Um, you know, I feel like with all the rule changes on a, on a weekly basis and the tire changes mostly, um, it's tough to keep up and it's tough to kind of stay relevant and stay fast on a weekly basis. But um, Tricon's done a really good job of doing that over the years. And I feel like this year is going to be a big step for them. But, uh, you know, like you mentioned, it's been a lot of work, a lot of hard work within the shop. And, um, you know, I think so far it's been a it's been a great process. You mentioned him earlier, but I want to talk about the, your crew chief and Scott Zipadelli. You got paired up with a, a, a veteran, a proven winner in this series, and matter of fact, in all the series. But what has Scott done for you in your game? Scott's been great. I mean, I've always been a person that really relies on a lot of experience and uh, coming from ARCA with Shannon Rush, you know, he's been around ARCA for um, years and years now. And I feel like I was able to have success with him due to that. And then Marty Winley last year, he's been around ARCA and trucks for, for a while now as well and had some, some decent experience. So um, just the guys that have been around and been there and done that and, and won races, won championships like Scott. Uh, it's just awesome to be paired up with a guy like that. And I feel like, um, you know, just two races in and we're already, you know, we've got two top, two top tens and one top five. I feel like a win's coming soon for sure. Here comes Corey Heim, rookie driver out of Marietta, Georgia. First career win in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. And it happens at Atlanta. All right, let's talk about this weekend. You go back to Atlanta. Last year, you got the big win. How special was that going back 360, whatever, days ago and picking up finding yourself in victory life yeah i mean that was um that was a very special moment i mean just growing up in marietta georgia and racing at Atlanta motor speedway growing up with bandoleros and legends cars um and to be able to go down there and make my first start you know it's a, it's a new pavement new kind of racetrack so i feel like that kind of helped me out as far as the you know equalizing the field a little bit no one really knew what to expect and uh having a really fast truck helped as well but 
um, you know, going down there and just kind of seeing all my all my friends and family that came to visit. And I had some friends in the pit box as well, which is really cool uh, that I grew up racing with. So uh, to be able to go out there and get the win was was definitely something, you know, a Cinderella kind of story for me just to um, have my first ever win at a place that I've raced so many times at on the, on the Legends car track. Um, and, you know, being 20 minutes from, from my hometown, um, that was super cool for me. So, um, you know, having that as my first one is awesome, but to be able to back it up would be just as cool, I think. I know drivers are, super, are superstitious. You're going to bring those same friends back again this time, make sure they're going to be back on the box? <laughs> That's a good point. I need to try to do that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's closing in on race day, but I, I can try to do that for sure. That's a good point. All right, let's talk about the racetrack itself. Last year, you talked about the brand new pavement. This track runs like a super speedway now. It's been a year since we raced there. Obviously, some things of, you know, weather-wise have kind of gone into the racetrack. What do you anticipate for this weekend? I think with it being a little bit colder temperatures, it's going to be, once again, pretty similar to last year. Um, I think everyone that brought, you know, said package thought it was going to be kind of like an intermediate to a super speedway hybrid sort of race. Um, and it proved to be pretty true. I mean, we brought the right package, of course. We were, we were really, really fast. And um, Scott was also fast. Uh, there last year so trying to kind of combine our knowledge to make a, a really successful weekend out of it's going to be big but um you know i think it's going to be uh, look like a super speedway but kind of race like an intermediate as far as the restarts um i don't think you're going to see a huge pack i think you're going to see a lot a lot like you normally do you know with the truck series on restarts you're going to be bumper to bumper for maybe two laps and then it'll kind of shake out single file. Um, I think you're going to be able to make moves on the bottom a little bit easier than you are at super speedways. I think it's going to be right around the top like it was last year. Um, that's where all the momentum is. Trucks are all momentum based. So um, yeah, it'll be kind of like a hybrid like I mentioned, but um, you never know. I mean, people could take notes from last year and come back a lot stronger and we could see a different kind of race. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting. Thank you, Jason. When we come back, we'll revisit the 1983 Coca-Cola 500. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Before we head for the exits, we've got the MRN time machine dialed up to July 24th, 1983. It was the Coca-Cola 500. Let's go back for a snippet of all the action at the Pocono International Raceway. Three wide in turn four. Mark Martin, Terry Labonte, and Dick Brooks will be shooting it out for what is now going to be sixth, make that fifth position as they come to the stripe. Brooks on the outside of Mark Martin. That's the battle on the racetrack. Brooks with a half a car length lead, riding up on the high side, but Martin comes in on the inside. They nearly touch up in turn number two. As a matter of fact, they just might have as Martin now gains the advantage on the inside, but Brooks comes fighting back on the outside as they slice down the back chute. They've driven great races here today. Brooks and Martin both at the front of the field all day long. And now it is Brooks holding off Martin with Labonte in tow in the race for 6th, 7th, and 8th. Brooks hanging on to the 6th spot, and the crowd doesn't know what to watch. That battle for 6th, 7th, and 8th position, or the battle for the lead in which Neil Bonnet is trying to chase down Cale Yarborough. The battle for the lead goes back to the number one turn. Yarborough going by looking stronger than ever. Bonnet doesn't seem to be closing right now, and Baker now seems to be closing ever so slightly on Bonnet. Looks like Neil's going to run out of laps here. Kale is so solid as he comes into the turn three banking. The interval holding at 210. No gain for Neil Bonnet. 
out of the corner. Kale brings them back down to the line as the laps wind down. We're showing 326 complete as they cross the line this time and head back to the number one turn. Just two laps to go. Make that three as they scoot off into the number one corner. The interval just about the same for Neil Bonnet. He isn't losing anything, but he's not gaining much. Well, he certainly won't have enough time as Yarborough continues to look strong. He has obviously been the most consistent man all day, and he will be rewarded with that for that in just a few laps. Yarborough listening to the sounds of that engine now. That's the key issue here. Will he stay strong down to the finish line? He can hold off Bonnet if he doesn't blow up. Bonnet keeping both feet on the accelerator pedal. He is gaining ground, but slowly. Harold Kinder raises the white flag and waves it on the orange and white. Hardy Chevrolet for Cale Yarborough. Bonnet across the stripe. They're in turn one. Yarborough, for the final time, slices through turns one and two, roaring out of here at better than 160 miles an hour, well in front of Neil Bonnet. And, of course, Buddy Baker and Joe Rutman and Richard Fenning. Down the back stretch for the final time. Cale Yarborough looking for victory in the Coca-Cola 500. Hooks it into the 27-degree banking. Neil Bonnet back there in the mirror, but he is home free. Yarborough up into the number four corner. Bonnet gives it everything he's got. He's closed it down to about a second, and that's the best he's going to be able to do. Here's Cale across the line. Checkered flag in Yarborough wins the Coca-Cola 500. That flashback is brought to you by Mahindra. Race fans, don't forget to cheer for Chase Briscoe in the Mahindra Tractors number 14 car and race into your local dealer for big savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. You can hear that race in its entirety right now on MRN.com or by subscribing to MRN Classic Races wherever you listen to your podcasts. Folks, that's all the time we have for you for this week. I'd like to thank Daniel Suarez for joining us. Also, Corey Heim and Alex Bowman. I'm Mike Bagley. And for the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. We'll chat with you on NASCAR Live wide open on Thursday and at the Atlanta Motor Speedway with truck coverage on Saturday. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.